Amazon keeps getting more and more complex. There's more and more changes, which is good for us. I, I love it when they add new rules because it means it means it's just harder and harder for people to jump in and get up to speed. But that means we have to stay up to speed as well. You're listening to the Ecom Exits podcast with your host, Nate Ginsberg. Learn the best tips and tactics to improve profits, cash flow, and maximize your e-commerce business value on the way to a successful exit. Welcome to the show. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back. It's your host, Nate Ginsberg, joined today by my friend, Adam Weiler, founder of Sunken Stone Amazon Management. Man, Adam and Sunken Stone, they manage 75 brands selling on Amazon, has a team of nearly 50 people, really excited to dive into what it takes to scale account management and management on Amazon uh, and really just run a business of that size. Adam, a good friend, has lots of great insight, excited to have him on the show. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. So yeah, I guess... uh, First, maybe uh, for a little context, just kind of if you could share how you got into the Amazon management space. I mean, I know that you were selling your own products and then, you know, now I've shifted into this big agency. And so, so yeah, like how did, how did that all kind of come together? I'll give a 10 second quick pitch, but I've been selling on Amazon since 2007, credit card cash advance for a thousand HDMI cables. Put those up for sale and started selling those. Did that for a number of years out of my spare bedroom. You know, no no employees. Slowly start to grow grow that. And about four or five years, actually about four and a half years ago now, I was trying to source my own products um, from a company on the East Coast, and they said, "No, we actually aren't going to sell to you, but uh, why don't you come out here?" They flew me out. And they said, they're, they're going to give me their Amazon business to manage. I was like, I guess I could do that. Took them from a six-figure run rate to an eight-figure run rate in six months. They gave me a check, sent me on my way. And I was like, that is the future. And we, we've slowly moved and, and kind of weaned off our own brands. And I think we just have one left right now. But um, besides that, it's, uh, it's 100% agency focused. All right. Well, from humble beginnings uh, to now 75 brands and man, so what are some of the challenges that, you know, come along with managing 75 brands? I mean, there's so Mm -hmm. much like, and I guess maybe just also for context, like when you're managing brands, I mean, are you doing everything for them? I mean, I'm aware of some agencies that it's more, you know, they manage the account, they look after the account. But, but if mm-hmm. I understand right, you guys are actually, you know, you're marketing, you're, you know, really yeah. uh, trying to, to grow these brands on Amazon. We, we say t- turnkey and, and I know uh, Jeff from turnkey management. So but we do say turnkey deliverable. So that is advertising, that's customer service, that's inventory management, and that's content. So everything that can go on with Amazon, you know, we, we are going to live on Amazon. We're not going to do off Amazon traffic. We could advise on that, but anything going on on Amazon, we're going to have handled. It, it is different managing your own brands versus client brands. There's difference in bookkeeping. There's kind of another layer of bureaucracy, but you know, I can't think of a better term for it. Another layer of checks and balances that, that needs to be in place that we could, if it was just ours, we could kind of move fast, break things a little bit more, but we know we have to cross our T's and dot our I's and then actually have the the proof of it. 
is that mostly from like an accounting standpoint or it's just that everything that you do needs to be totally documented because it's not just like, Oh, cool. It's going well. You, you know, you need you to, know, I think I'll, I'll, I think I could show an example. So if it was just our brand and if it was just your brand or just your listeners brand, you read something on a forum and you can implement it like that next day, right? You, you see a new launch strategy, you see a new mini chat funnel, right? But because uh, now we've got 75 brands, we might have a few that just are like, go for it. Like you don't even need to ask us, but there comes a uh, level of, I would call professionalism that we need to white paper it. We need to at least document it up, have some estimates on costs, estimates on, on effectiveness before we roll that out. I think that that layer of, I don't know what, what you want to call that. Is that bureaucracy or I don't, I don't know, corp, corporate? Uh, I guess that's maybe like, I mean, like the decisions you're making, you're not the only stakeholders. So having that accountability, I mean, I know that's something that even, you know, I'm in businesses with um, business partners and it's sort of a similar, you know, similar dynamic where like, I mean, I've been on both sides where like I'm the investor partner. I've also been, mm -hmm. you know, invested in with a partner and it's like, you know, having that, you know, I mean, it's like, even if I'm the majority, it's like the decision is mine, but it's like, mm -hmm. um, I need to explain it, you know, be able to justify it to someone exactly. or explain like this and that. And so I guess, I mean, which, uh, which it does help us up our deliverable. It really, you know, I, I am a kind of growth junkie. And my team makes fun of me for it. I just like, all right, let's let's get this, let's let's do this and roll it out. And they've slowly trained me over the years to actually flush things out fully. And maybe we don't have to be on that that bleeding bleeding edge because that bleeding bleeding edge also doesn't really pan out most of the time. Let's wait. <laughs> could could we, be till, could be gray. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's wait. Let's let's validate maybe test it with a little bit and then we can scale that out. So yeah, I think I, that's a, that's a big, big yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it's like with everything you're doing, it's like, you know, you really got to be, you know, be clear and sure that it's all, all super white hat. Right. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously you don't want to get your own brand banned, but like, uh, would be, uh, you know, would be even worse or even more problematic if it was, you know, someone else's brand. And so, you know, so I guess with that, like, are you guys launching, products or mm -hmm. like what kind of stuff do you do to for on the marketing side and that can be effective that also yeah you know keeps yeah. things totally uh compliant totally well i think one of the differentiators is we are working with mostly brands that have some momentum off of amazon already and mm -hmm. i think that's that's a big differentiator you know i'm in a lot of masterminds and and groups like that and in fact like if it's an Amazon only brand, like we have a policy internally, we, we won't take them just because they're, they're probably doing, if they're Amazon only and get to a critical mass, like they probably know what the heck they're doing just as well yeah, as yeah, us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And can handle it them, themselves. But you're talking with a, a brand who's in retail stores or who's, who knows SEO or knows Facebook and just doesn't have the time or resources or want to deal with the hassle that is Amazon because they want to focus on growing their other, other stuff. Well, there's already some momentum there. Right. And I, mm -hmm. we call it marketing wind is the analogy yeah, we yeah. use. And what, what we are is a big sail on a sailboat, right? And the, uh, the boat is the brand. They're creating that wind with SEO or retail presence or Facebook. Let's just put up a big ass sail, catch all that wind and, and off to the races we go on Amazon. So uh -huh. if it's a brand that's got some track record, they've got an email list already, right? Like all this uh -huh. stuff, they've, they've got momentum. They've got search traffic 
that, that you can see, they got Google Trends history. Once you kind of unfurl the sale and start optimizing their listings, start dealing with resellers and getting people off, start handling their distribution, start competing for branded terms that they're, that they're losing to customers, you just start seeing things take off, um, uh-huh. especially. I guess so, that, that's the secret. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when you're working with brands that already, you know, have some tailwind and, and you know, have mm-hmm. are established, I mean, is it, so is it more about like best practices or then, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking when you're, you know, doing marketing on Amazon, it's, you have access to their mailing list. And so if you need to, you know, you don't need to like use some many chat, you know, like find by, yeah. you know, refund, <laughs> whatever, uh, you know, search exactly. find by refund. It's like, you just, okay. Like we'll just send a promo to the list and, you know, promote these products and you know, that's exactly, exactly. And, and that same vein, you're like, they've got the fire hose already. You're kind of just narrowing it and, and aiming it. Huh? Well, that seems like, uh, easier to, manage and market than having to, I mean, you know, and that being said, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of very effective tactics, you know, that people use and that's oh, great, yeah. but, but also yeah. I guess it's nice if you have other assets to work with that, I mean, makes, makes all of that easier. And so, so what are some of the, you know, challenges that you face, you know, managing 75 brands? Yeah, great, great question. So we have to prioritize effectively, right? Because if if it was just squeaky wheel gets the grease, then if you want to kind of rank sort our clients, you would be like, well, that was really outsized. And I think anyone who's ran an agency, you kind of know like your best clients and partners aren't the ones that are emailing you at 3 a.m. with like, hey, this ACOS is up 0.2%, right? Like it's, it's usually the worst client and the ones you're you're actually making the least on. So focus internally, right? And and we run EOS Traction, which is like kind of our, our business operating system. And we have to really focus on amazing quarterly goals that, that move the deliverable forward every single month. You know, and Amazon keeps getting more and more complex. There's more and more changes, which is good for us. I, I love it when they add new rules because it means it means it's just harder and harder for people to jump in and get up to speed. But that means we have to stay up to speed as well. And, you know, our account managers have to be subject matter experts. Our inventory team has to be subject matter experts. So like, for instance, when everything went um, essential, not essential, and then, mm. you know, restricted on the inbound, restricted on the outbound, within, within a matter of, I'm not, I'm not even joking, within a matter of a week, we had our game plan, we had our trusted 3PL shippers, we moved, I believe it was like 10 or 15 brands into this warehouse because those weren't essential products and we were up integrated with ShipStation and we were shipping. So, you know, being able to, to adapt to, to changes that happen on Amazon, I think is, you know, it, it's what's kept us in business and what's kept us growing. Word. You know, I know you're involved with EOS or, or uh, EO and, and, and some stuff that I know that, you know, just candidly, I've really admired about getting to know you and, and how you run your businesses is really like, you know, how you like run your organization. I mean, this is a big business, you know, 50 team members. It's like, uh, yeah, you've got a, a big, a big thing going on. And so, you know, what are, what are some of the, the tools or systems that you have to allow you to, you know, grow to a business that's that size and, and, you know, still be effective and, and keep growing? Yeah. Good question. If you, I think there's been a couple points where we look back and say like, how did we ever run the company 
before this, you know, and, and to, the last two I remember are EOS, which is, which is that entrepreneurial organization uh, operating system, which I can get into. And then Asana, which is our project management system. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, those two kind of like, what the heck were we doing before this moments really have, have taken us to the next level. So Asana, you know, there's 500 steps to onboard a new brand and there's 500 steps to onboard a new product. And then there's 500 steps, you know, every month and checks and, and happen with a, with a catalog and advertising and all that stuff is just is in our sauna. It's all templatized. And mm-hmm. so we, when we onboard a new brand, it's like, okay, here's the brand gets assigned to the account manager. And then the account manager kind of point guards it out to the rest of the team. So it makes onboarding and, and kind of the day-to-day management really awesome. And then, you know, how are we setting goals? How are we setting our vision? How are we growing? What are we doing like quarterly to, to get there? That's EOS. And I, I will never run another company without it ever again. And I don't know what the hell I did before it. That, like whether you read the book or you get an implementer or, or self-implement or use some software, I think it's uh, one of the better systems uh, I've ever seen. And so, you know, what are some of the, the tools or practices from the, mm-hmm. you know, the EOS traction system that are, you know, most important or effective to uh, yeah. help you run the business? So I would say three, three ones and I'll, then I'll go into detail. So first are the weekly L10 leadership meetings. The second are the quarterly leadership strategy days. And then the quarterly rocks as far as like big items to focus on. So the first one, the, the weekly 90 minute meeting, it's agendaed out, you know, you can't, someone's in charge of, of kind of being a taskmaster on the yeah, time. You said, you said it's a weekly 90 minute meeting? Week, weekly 90 minute meeting. And I, and that's long pretty meeting. much, <laughs> it, it is, it goes by so freaking fast. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. It's so this is, this is like the, I mean, it's like the level 10 meeting or something. Exactly. Or exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this I is guess the level 10. And so what, uh, yeah, kind of briefly, what's the structure of that? So brief intro, and then you're going over your KPIs, you're going over, are we on track for our yearly goals? And then you're going into headlines and, you know, customer and employee headlines. Then you're going over your to-do list from last week. And then the biggest part of it, 60 minutes of that 90-minute meeting is the IDS section. So identify, discuss, and solve. And you, everyone kind of brain dumps onto the spreadsheet. We use a spreadsheet. There's other tools. Everyone brain dumps on the spreadsheet. And then we vote on our most important things to the company. And then we go based on what's the most important stuff. So it's not like we get sidetracked for 35 minutes talking about what color shirts we're getting, you know, people for, for their Christmas bonuses or, or presents, right? We're, we're focused on the most important thing. And if that takes all 60 minutes, the first, just one topic, and we don't cover anything else. And that was so, the most important thing. So, so the point, really, the, the value of the meeting is troubleshooting. I mean, it's a little review, a little, a little most, check-in. Most important stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, highly it's, I mean, focused. Yeah, I mean, solve. Tr- troubleshooting, I mean, I, I guess troubleshooting, not problem solving, exactly. you know, the most important. And so, I mean, what is, like, what is a solution? You know, it's like, okay, we have a problem. And like, in order to mm-hmm. kind of, close the loop it's like okay this is the resolution or like kind of what what is like 
closed kind of meeting. You know, we will yell in that meeting. Like we like, <laughs> you know, it's a leadership team. We are there's a high level of trust in there. We will debate heavily. And then but then we're gonna all align behind behind one opinion. And I'm happy to say it's not always mine, which I, I've been trying to to see alternative viewpoints, you know. But then we align and then it's and then it's we roll that out to the team or because it need rolling out or someone gets assigned that task in Asana and then there's follow-up with there. So it, it's like, you're not leaving this open. Like what's the, okay. When it was, I'll use the example of the non-essential shipping stuff or the, the inbound shipping ban for Amazon. It was like, okay, we've got a couple warehouses, which is the one we're going to right now. What are we going to do? Who are we moving in? And then we had our game plan right then and we just executed. And then gotta, the quarterly offsite days are amazing. I mean, whether you're doing that with EOS or, or anyone else, like just getting out of the business one day a quarter is, is super powerful. But the, the main thing I think that has helped me the most, which who, and, and I'm, you know, entrepreneurial ADD, you know, I, I used to be working on a hundred things and never really mm-hmm. knew what the heck I was going to do when I woke up these, this, the concept of, of quarterly rocks, which are just one, two, or three big, big projects that that's what I'm responsible for for during the quarter. Yes, I'm supposed to do my daily tasks and get payroll done and, and you know, hire and fire and, and all that stuff. But if you could get these big rocks, right, like these big projects done, they really move the company forward towards the goal. And now those are the things that I, I get to choose stuff that like I really want to work on. So if I've got a two, three hour stretch during the day, I don't have to worry about like, what am I going to work on? I just, I go into there and I keep working on that project. So, I mean, explain that a little bit more. So like, what, what do you mean you have, like, maybe what are some examples or like, yeah, yeah. What, what does that look like? So two, two examples. So one of them was get our international deliverable dialed in, right? So shipping to Amazon UK, EU, kind of a cluster of mess. <laughs> and, you know, we, we've been doing it, but we weren't really doing it well. Okay, well, for this entire quarter, I am my rock is to get our deliverable to EU and UK by September of 2019, dialed in. So by uh-huh. September 2019, we will have 10 brands live and in stock in the EU. And, and so and that's just like, your personal project or focus and so it's like this is and so i mean is this like a rock for you personally or a rock for the team or both or like there's company and then there's personal but they they all should be moving the company i guess the most the two most important ones are company but they they still are assigned to one person one person has to be the stakeholder yeah so i mean so are, are, are you as the ceo like the stakeholder of the biggest company rocks usually not necessarily no um you know my integrator stacy she Uh, was in charge of of really mapping out our onboarding process and that was one of the biggest ones and Uh, really got that dialed in because okay we had we identified we're kicking ass over here but it's not getting expressed to the brands where's the disconnect where's the communication drop did some studies did some surveys and then re-engineered that entire process and kind of walk that through and like, okay, well there, that's, that was one of the more important ones we've ever had. Uh-huh. And so uh, also one thing, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you know, you had good success and experience selling your own physical products mm-hmm. and now have, you know, now have an agency and, 
now that you've, you know, got, you know, good experience with, with both, like, what do you kind of think in terms of just like the, you know, agency versus physical product, uh, business models? Good question. You know, is the grass, is the grass always greener, right? The cool thing is that where I am now, well, I I know that I'm not good at branding and I'm not good at like off Amazon marketing. I know that. And I, it's taken me a while to realize that. So Yes, I was selling HDMI cables, but as soon as as soon as um, you know the factories in China started selling them, like I couldn't compete because because that mm-hmm. was a commodity product, um, and I didn't have enough th- differentiated marketing to to stand out there. But what we do have, we know how to sell the crap out of stuff on Amazon, especially if if a brand has any momentum going. So I, I know we're we're playing in the right space. Um, we're adding value to a ton of brands. We're adding value to a ton of companies. And I, I, where I get to play personally, now I get to work with the software team and we get to come up with cool internal tools that, that make the team more efficient, that make our deliverable even better, um, that increase the value of the company for future exits or future um, acquisitions, whatever that is. So I think I, I get to focus on the funds projects within the company now versus it's more like want to versus have to. Yeah. I mean, I think that's benefit or opportunity that comes when you've, you know, really built an organization and you have a team. And I think, you know, whether it's physical product or agency, if you have the right infrastructure in place, you know, that can allow you to do, you know, do your thing, you know, regardless of, of what the kind of business is, if you have the right team and systems um, in place, you know, it allows you to focus on projects that- Agreed a million percent. And, and if anyone's like hesitating on it, you will make less, right? Cause those people are those, especially if you're getting good people, you have to pay them. So, oh. so initially you're going to make less, but it's going to free up so much time. And, you know, I, I do value that now. And it's also going to create value. You're creating an asset that is only going to increase in value. Right. And that's something that I totally agree with. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather make less money if I don't have to do, I mean, if I have to do less, you know, I'd rather, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's something. And I think, you know, just like you said about investing in, investing in good people and, and, you know, I'm all about that. Like I'll, I'll pay for better people on my team. Mm-hmm. And even if that means that, you know, my, you know, profit cut or whatever is going to be lower, like if it means less work for me, you know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where my, you know, that's where my head's at. It's, kind of, it's more like, you know, scarcity versus abundance sort of. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, I know yeah, I'll, I'll pay someone more and they, you know, I'll pay someone more. My short-term profit is going to go down mm-hmm. or, you know, my short-term profit income, but like it's scalable then because, you know, if I can get other people to do it and I don't have to, that, that scales versus, yeah. you know, trying to do everything. So yeah. Uh, and I guess like, I mean, just kind of curious at a, at a high level, what is your sort of, you know, C-suite or, I mean, I know you mentioned you, your integrator, I guess like what are the departments or department heads in your uh, organization? Yeah. So we, we break the deliverable. So the, on the Amazon side, we break it down into inventory slash uh, catalog. And then we have customer service or cust solutions and then advertising and then uh, content. Those are the four kind of pillars of Amazon, as we call them. 
And then on the other side, we've got, you know, we've got outbound or sales and marketing. And then we've got finance and HR and then a uh, kind of general manager above all of those. And so you have like general manager, department head of those different pillars. Mm -hmm. um, And then also have, and then above that is the integrator and then is you? Uh, Yes, exactly. Exactly. And we're actually, um, I don't know when this is coming out, but we are hiring for multiple positions, US-based positions right now. So you are interested, you can go to sunkenstone.com slash careers and, uh, and submit your resume with account management, inventory, mm-hmm. all the, any of those buckets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're scaling up pretty well. Apparently we're, Amazon's uh, pretty popular if you haven't heard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, Adam, man, this has been, um, this has been a blast and, and super fun. I mean, always fun chatting, you know, what, so what advice would you give, you know, if you had like, you know, one tip or one piece of advice for, you know, people that want to build like an actual organization. Yeah. You know, what, what would you, uh, what would you tell them? That the next hire you make should be, so if you're going to, if you're going to put your, your, all of your tasks, right? Like do a time study on, on for yourself just for one week, right? Like you'll never do it again, or maybe you won't do it for years, but keep track in half hour increments or 15 minute increments of everything you're doing. Right. And then put those into four departments or four buckets. And, you know, you're, you're looking at a chart and there's good at and like doing right. And the stuff that you're good at and like doing, keep doing that. And the stuff you're good at, but you don't like doing, keep doing that for now. The Mm -hmm. stuff you don't like doing, but you're good at, keep doing that. And then the stuff you're not good at and you don't like doing, that's your next hire. And Mm -hmm. someone is going to like doing that stuff and be good at it. And think about how happy you're going to be. You know, it's like, you could just, you know, hire a COO and this, but like, if you, if you do it, just start taking the stuff you don't like off your plate, you're going to build this team. Like it's, it's going to just form perfectly and it's going to fit and you're going to be happier. So that, that would be my, if you're, if you're wondering about how to start scaling, that's the first step you do. Yeah. That's a, uh, uh, I love that you just shared that. Cause that's like, I've actually done that exercise in different, like talks and work, workshops that I've hosted uh, over nice. the last few years of like literally that. And, and, and I agree. It's a great, it's a great place. And it's also, it's like an easy place to start. I mean, it's like if you had a super badass, you know, COO or integrator, would that, mm-hmm. you know, potentially make your problems go away? Yes. But that's also going to be probably expensive. You know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not easy to, to find that person versus it's like, all right, man, you know, I hate doing customer service or yeah, I exactly. customer service was the first was yeah. the first. I wasn't good at it and I hated it. You know, and, and for me, I mean, a, a big, you know, one of the early ones for me was managing supply chain. It's just like, I did not want to have to, you know, deal with the freight forwarders and mm-hmm. going back and forth between the factories. And so, yeah, getting someone in place to do that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier if it's like task, check people off, uh, you know, get things off your plate one at a time. And Adam, thanks so much for, for coming on. Where can the audience find more about, uh, about you and uh, yeah, and your business? Yeah. Sunkenstone.com. Or if you want to check, take the uh, success quiz on Amazon and see how your brand stacks up, sunkenstone.com slash success. We're happy to help people out. And if, you know, if we can't 
help you. We'll point you in the right direction. And uh, thanks, Nate, for having me and, and appreciate the time. This has been the Ecom Exits podcast with Nate Ginsberg. If you're enjoying the Ecom Exits podcast, show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help other smart entrepreneurs find us. We appreciate your support. We have a new episode every week on the Ecom Exits podcast. So, catch you next time.